104.7's Ryan and Tanya. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. They're just like you, only much weirder. For a faulty joint replacement compensation claim, mej.com.au. Hit 104.7. I think this might be an example of good intention, poor execution. But I don't know. I almost need your help. Mm. I can't figure out if this email I was sent was really nice or completely weird. Okay. Okay, this is what I got on the weekend. It came in two emails, I should say. Two emails. So does that mean you replied in between? Mm Mm-mm. Okay, the follow-up. Mm. Right. Um, <clears throat> her name is... I won't say her name. Mm. Are you available for dinner? Th- does it, what is wrong with me? You got really drunk on Friday. <sighs> Are you available for dinner this evening? Okay, that's normal, right? That's nice. In saying that, Do you know her? No, no idea. Well, I'd, I'd go ahead and say that's probably not normal then. Well, if you think that's not normal, it gets worse. Can I pay you? I mean, you don't pay for someone to have dinner with you. Well, we you. had sugar babies on the show, this oh, very show, at this true. very time last week. Yeah. Um, I can offer awkward conversation. Ha, 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 Correct, you can. That's what it says here. Ha, 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 ha. I've unexpectedly had a night stay in Canberra. I'm from South Australia and have never been to Canberra before. I have a stripy top that I can wear and also leggings may be involved. I have decided to include a headshot to confirm I am not a crazy person. Wow. Okay, can I just... Yeah, okay, well, you're right. That does confirm you're not crazy. Here I, here I was thinking you were crazy, but I, I stand corrected. Nothing says I'm not crazy like providing a headshot, a headshot. in email. Yep. Um, not sure what vibe I put, put off. Mind the Snapchat filter. It's where I find my confidence. Ha, 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 Every time she reads, you know how you don't like my scary laugh? Yeah. Every like time that. she says, ha, ha, just imagine her doing that. Yeah, it's just like the ha, ha, it just feels really full on. Alternatively, if you want to throw some dinner ideas at me, I'd appreciate that hugely. Also, alternatively, alternatively there is no obligation to reply on whatever level. ha, ha, can I have a crack at it? Next time it's laugh, let me read the line before and do the laugh. <laughs> okay. And um, it just came through. The next one just came through, like, yep. straight away. No chance to, re- to reply. Mm, I accidentally pressed the send button before proofing and without including my headshot, darn it, I'll send you a little sneak pil- peek. No filter. <laughs> Can you read? No filter. <laughs> I'll send it without the filter. <laughs> I'll attach it just here. Here's the headshot, and here is me in the white shirt, or you can see me in the black. <laughs> I know it's kind of irrational, and here's the photo. Oh, are you kidding me? What How is terrifying that? is that? Are you okay, it looks like. Seriously, explain that. Mully grubs. It looks like a mully grub. So essentially, all you can see is blue rubber, but 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 in the blue rubber, there's just two eyes appearing and a very shady mouth. Um, the it eyes looks like are scary. it looks like a what, what are you, a balaclava? Yeah. And, so and here's a headshot of like, me. Hey. By the way, here's a headshot of me in a balaclava. How awkward. It's <laughs> <laughs> like she's staring into my soul. Like, seriously, I saw that and was like, oh, well, that goes my sleep for the night. Can we put that picture online? I don't know. I don't want to embarrass her. Well, you, can, you don't know who that is because it just looks yeah, like true, eyes. But it's so scary. The eyes look so alert and they're like looking right into my soul and I just can't handle it. So do you think it's weird or do you think it's nice? I think we should book a table for two at Akiba and I'll <laughs> film the whole thing. <laughs> Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. Right now, though, 131060, 
the politicians are heading into Parliament House right now to make a decision, apparently, because they have been Again. saying that for 15 years, but they're going to make a decision on marriage equality. So what we're doing, we've opened up the phones, we'll give you 30 seconds each, just knowing that a few of them will probably be listening in their cars, driving in this morning. What would you like to say to them? Mm. Like, what can we... I mean, it's for me, it's, it's past something I was passionate about to just... Just as frustration, oh, it, and mate. I'm almost, I'm almost, I'm, I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. And you just can't stop fighting, though. That's that's the thing. Yeah, uh, in Watson, uh, Bloss. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good thank girl. you. Now, um, yeah, we got the you know a bit of time here. What what would you like to say to the guys as they drive into work? Hey guys, um, I guess from my perspective, and I hope that everyone else might be able to share the same view. Um, to not look at it as you know, man loves man or woman loves woman, but to give love itself the respect and acknowledgement it deserves because that's why we're alive. You know, it's not for the money, it's not for the objects, it's to live and to love and to feel connected and to be able to allow everyone to be able to experience that, if not just once in their lives, you know, mm. with whoever. You know, love is love and that's that's why we're alive. That's why we are a happy community. Yeah, beautifully so said. So I hope that... Do one for the community, do one for the country. Yeah. Everyone that's happy and in love, it's going to prosper our entire you know, country. It's going so to make this country great. Yeah, Bloss, you've, you've brought a tear to, uh, to Tanya's eye. <laughs> yeah, that was really nice. <clears throat> um, and, and it's right, you know, yeah. it's not about gender. Um, Courtney, um, what would you say to the guys as they're driving into work to the, this morning? I'm just going to follow up on what the last chickie said. At the end of the day, love is love and they should be able to get married just as I should be able to marry my significant other. Um, at the end of the day, if they're living together, they get taxed as a couple. If mm-hmm. they are, you know, dealing with, um, what do you call it? All the insurance companies and stuff like insurance, that. Exactly. They have to claim that they're a couple, etc. If you're going to make money off it, yeah. let them get married. Yeah, Treat that's, them exactly the same. That's so true. So, Liam and Phil, yeah. my two mates, they say when it comes to us being legally together, we get all the bad stuff, yeah. <laughs> but none of the good stuff. Yeah. Like they, they pay extra this and extra that. They can't get cheaper discounts for couples and stuff, but when it suits them to be together, they'll they'll sting you extra. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like it has to be all or nothing. Yeah. Um, uh, Kiana. Kiana, is that how you pronounce your name? Yeah, it is. Yeah, what would you like to say to the politicians as they drive into work this morning? Um, I think I'd just like to say that it, it's really long overdue. Like, mm. I'm in year 10, and I've, I came out about four years ago, yeah. and it would have been so much easier if it had already been legalised. And I'd really like it to be legalised before I'm actually at the legal age to get married. Yeah. Yeah, and do you think that it, as much as um, for same-sex couples to be able to get married, it just kind of... It's more than that in that it kind of sets the tone that this is quite normal or is that... Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's Gay marriage is less of like the the idea of marriage. It's the idea of a milestone within a couple's like whole thing. You know, you get married, you have a baby, you know, you buy a house. Yeah. That's just how society expects things to be. And if gay couples can't do that, you feel excluded. Totally. Yeah. It's oppression. It's isolating people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, what do other people at school think? Do, oh, they, do they agree? Or? Well, uh, yeah, they're all fine. All of my like, I all of my friends are completely and one hundred percent supportive. And yeah, it's 
and we're an anti we're like we're no bullying like no bullying at our school no um, homophobia at our school do you feel like the politicians represent you not really is there any politician that you go oh this guy gets me I, I would vote for them if I could um not really not at the moment mm, yeah that and that's quite telling isn't it isn't that interesting that it, there's like there's no homophobia at school yet in the law there's homophobia? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't understand that. Yeah, do, do you know what I'm saying? Mm, it's absolutely. All right, well, the politicians oh. are on their <laughs> they're on their way into work right now. They're going to make a decision on it, and I think it's it's time for them to to decide what kind of politician they're going to be. Are they going to be the one who doesn't want to say the wrong thing because they want to get their next promotion, or are they going to do what politicians are supposed to do and say I'm going to do the right thing by the people who voted me to be here? Mm. And um, we'll see if they're strong or weak in the next. Oh, I'm just sick of it. Hours. Get it done, guys. Hurry up. It's not acceptable. It's embarrassing. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. Uh, earlier this morning, lots of people called through and told us their good news stories from the weekend. Um, no one called through to say, Ryan, I know where your cap is. Um, oh, you lost I, your hat. I lost my... Do you know where my hat is, Cap? What hat? The, the hat I was wearing on the, at the party. The cowboy hat? Yeah. Oh, that's a shame. I have no idea. Yeah. Did you, like... Did you hire that? I don't know. But you always did. lose something you, every yeah. listener. No, do you know how hard it is to go Mostly out? it's your dignity. <laughs> Mate, I wouldn't have thought so. I was impressive on Friday. Um, I, I disagree. I um, said goodbye to you and you went to kiss me. Like with did you say goodbye? Mouth. Yeah, you're like, bye. And your mouth was like, I was like, no. Oh, yeah, no, you said like, goodbye. You I remember asking, where did, where did Tanya go? And they're like, she left three hours ago. And I went, oh, okay. You said goodbye to me. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a bit rude. I was like, oh, it's a bit rude. Sneak out. Um, but if anyone does know where my hat is, that would be great. <laughs> and You know how hard it is to wear a novelty hat out and just girls are like, oh, I'm passing oh, here. I mean, yeah. imagine if I just grabbed your top and put it on. Different, though. Is it? Hats are very different. Hats are in a very uh, different disagree. realm. Anyway, <laughs> lots of people have called through with their good news stories. I've prepped oh. a bit of a script for Kat to read yes. and we've got all the grabs. Are you good to go? Feeling confident? Uh, apologies in advance to anyone I might offend. I did not write this. All right, yeah, she doesn't write let's it. Do Ryan this. writes it. <laughs> Hey, it's Katerina TTF Slavich with some cracking good Canberra oh, news. Ryan! <laughs> That's painfully inaccurate. It says D... You, oh, you read, read it wrong. wrong? Yeah. DTF. There you go. Isn't that not what I said? No. Oh. Keep going, though. <laughs> After seven years and three children together, Ashley's man finally decided to put a ring on it. At first, he told me I was on a 10-year apprenticeship program before he proposed. <laughs> I think he's just decided that, um, no, look, I, I am the one and he does want to marry me. 18 months after being born, Sammy from Scullin's Child finally took their first steps. Being 2017, Sammy did what any other Gen Y parent would do. Ah, uh, well, I Instagrammed it. <laughs> Local broadcaster Ryan John no, ordered what? 100 nuggets at Macca's after the Disney party on Friday. He was smug about it. And as you can hear, I was both shocked and impressed when I heard the price. How they much does this cost? 66.50. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Yeah. Lisa's mum had her 80th birthday party with over 60 guests in attendance. Turns out they have a massive family. Um, no, my mum had six children, but we've all had kids. Yeah. And then some of them have had kids as well. Crystal adopted an animal, not a dog or a cat, but she's adopting a little lamb. <laughs> well, we're getting married at Gold Creek Station and we've become quite good friends with the owner there. We talked to him quite often. He said, I've got an orphan lamb. Would you like to look after it? And I thought, why not? It used to be Mary's little lamb, cause Mary had a little lamb, little lamb, its fleece was white as snow. <laughs> I'm Katarina. I'd probably settle for a lamb slavage. <laughs>
And there's your bloody good news, Canberra. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've really got to proofread them first. Yeah, oh, yeah, I would. I would. Go right. first line. Oh, my God. Did I, what did I, I don't know what I said. Yeah, I don't know, but it uh, You do right. know, Ryan. Um, uh, <laughs> Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Kid 104.7. Um, now, Rusty Young is an Aussie man who spent over a decade living in and travelling around Colombia uh, voluntarily in San Pedro prison to write the book Marching Powder, which uh, for like a decade was on the bestsellers list right around the world. Incredible yeah. book. His new book is out this week, Colombino. Colombio. C- Colombano. Colombia, because it's about Colombia. Of course. <laughs> Rusty Young, <laughs> thanks for joining us this morning. Tanya and Ryan, thanks for having me on the show. So, Rusty, your sort of fascination with this area from our chat last time, it just started as like being a backpacker and, and just sort of being a bit curious, really. So, wh- where's the line between you just going over there as a tourist and then suddenly you're working for the US government? I yeah. mean, surely there's a few <laughs> steps in between there, you know? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy. I, you know, I studied commerce and law at university, so it was quite a conservative um, path that I was on. Then I ended up in prison voluntarily in Bolivia, uh, which is maybe a, a good place for lawyers to end up. And then somehow I went from from prison to working for the U.S. government. I was travelling through uh, Miami Airport on the way down to Bogota, and I met a, a guy in his late forties. He looked, he was a really nice guy, but he looked sort of suspicious, suspicious looking. And I was like, "What are you doing in Colombia? Like, there's mm. not many foreigners there. There's not much." foreign investment and he said he claimed that he was in construction we've made friends on the plane and uh, we had a few beers and caught up for dinner a few times and then eventually he told me that he was in construction but it was construction of military bases and he traveled around the world to all the hot spots where um, terrorism was a big issue such as iraq afghanistan pakistan uh, indonesia and was setting up these bases for the u.s government and they said they needed someone to work for them and i was like well, why me? You know, what, what are my mm. skills? But I went out there and I saw what they were doing, and it was really, uh, it was really positive for the country. Colombia, at that time, had about eight to nine kidnappings per day. Oh, imagine oh. just the danger um, for ordinary citizens. And the program that I was involved in, I was manager of um, of an anti kidnapping program, and we trained up the local SWAT teams, special forces, gave them weapons, bullets, grenades, um, explosives to go out and rescue all these hostages. So it really turned, you know, uh, this program combined with the other government efforts really turned the country around. Uh, there's now, Colombia is really safe. It's been listed in wow. the New York Times as one of the top 10 tourist destinations. It's the, of the fight. There is now actual construction going on. Not foreign, <laughs> foreign so when people go there now for construction, they're not lying. They're actually just going there. <laughs> well, ironic, ironically, Ryan, you know, because I wasn't doing anything illegal or clandestine. I wasn't a spy, but because of the, the high rate of kidnapping, I had to keep a really low profile. So I was always wearing, you know, just jeans and t-shirts, and yeah. I had like long hair and just rocked around like a like a backpacker. But I was driving a, a bulletproof car and that did raise some suspicions with my friends who were working as English teachers and I was living with my Colombian girlfriend at the time and and when she sort of said, so why have you got a bullet for a car? What do you work in? I was like, construction. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Rusty Young, you're on like the most insane life. I feel like when you must watch like an action film or a film that, you know, centers around a drug ring or anything like that, you must be like, meh. Meh. <laughs> like, <laughs> meh. Like, I reckon you'd probably be a very good, like, meal. <laughs> um, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. Me, I'd be running the cartel. <laughs> Watch out! I see here that, like, you know, in your travels, you've met like special for- forces soldiers and snipers and undercover intelligence agents. I don't know if this is like a weird question to ask, but of all those people, like, which group are the most badass? 
you know, ar- around the world's most elite troops, the probably the Navy SEALs are considered to be the most elite uh, mm. hardcore group because they do everything the Army does, but they do it underwater. So I did meet a guy called Adam Newbold who was really interesting. He was part of the Navy SEAL Team 6 that brought down Osama bin Laden. I interviewed him. As far as, uh, in, as, far as Colombian Special Forces, there's uh, an elite group, and they call them uh, Zorro Solo, and that means lone fox. And these guys train uh, in their boxer shorts. They cover themselves in motor grease. They've trained to move through the jungle at a speed that is not detectable by the human eye. So really, really, really slowly. And you oh, just yeah. you would easily walk past them. And these guys are just hardcore. I'm talking like Rambo. Dude. <laughs> that is... they, they go in there, they sabotage enemy camps, they cause confusion, and they get out and the enemy never knows that they were there. Yeah. They're really... Re- the psychology to be able to do that is just incredible. We are chatting with Rusty Young on Hit 104.7 this morning. We'll have more questions for Rusty up next, including his thoughts on Cocaine Cassie. That's up next. Get up with Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7. Columbino is his new book, which is out this week. But Rusty, um, we can't have you on without asking a few questions about Cassie Sainsbury. Now, she's currently in jail in Colombia. What, what's life like for her there at the moment? The main thing that she'd be facing, obviously, apart from all the psychological anguish and the fear for her future, would be the overcrowding in, in, in the Colombian prison system. Um, I don't think she's in any immediate physical danger. Um, I don't think that whoever she was involved with, assuming that she does plead guilty, of course, and we have to, you know, have to give her the presumption of innocence. But mm. um, in that prison, they really look after foreigners. So. Um, she's not going to be attacked by anyone, but the thing is, there's just so many people packed into a small prison, so there can be issues of hygiene. Um, mm, you know, the f- she's not going to be used to the food, and of course, the biggest thing is communication. So, not speaking Spanish would make the the experience even more horrifying. Yeah, yeah think about that. What's the deal with? Because we hear that there's like a plea deal. Is there? Because I would have thought, and I don't know anything about this, but people who are known to be snitches or who've dobbed on people, like they would be kind of looked down upon by other prisoners. Right? Yeah, in general, that's the case in prisons all around the world. Um, in in this case, uh, you know, again, if if it, she does plead guilty, it, the the facts of the case are not consistent with with this being run by a, a Colombian organisation. The way that the drugs were concealed was sort of amateur hour. So I strongly suspect that there's either an Australian or UK syndicate, a low level behind this and so if she's going to be talking about her upline um you know the people who recruited her and paid her to do, to do this drug run they're going to be people who are in australia so i don't think she's in immediate danger in colombia yeah right Why? would that be different if if it was a, a really professional colombian cartel in that situation you know they've probably got people on the inside and yeah and ab- absolutely you, you would if, if you if she were working for a high highly organized colombian uh cartel Absolutely, should be in danger. You wouldn't talk; you'd get killed. But just be aware that obviously Colombian cartels don't run drug mules. If you think about the the math, think about the logic of it. Mm. If you have a ton of cocaine, you're not going to run 200 mules with five kilograms. You're going to run one ton in a shipping container. Yeah. So there's no big cartel behind this. I love the way you think, Rusty. Like you think <laughs> like a cartel leader, <laughs> which I know you like have to because it's your job and everything. But it's just really quite bizarre. But yeah, you you mentioned that before that she's inconsistent with her story because she's she said, "Oh, it wasn't me. I was set up." And now she's saying, "Oh no, if I can get some extra time off, I did it." So isn't 
that probably isn't going to work very well in the court of law either. That's right. And look, we do need to be careful to, you know, to not judge her before she's made her own plea. But the facts that are coming out in the media, and perhaps it's not just her telling this story, this is inconsistent stories from her lawyer, from her family members. And drug mules are always at the very bottom of the... The, the cocaine food chain, if you want to call it that. Yep. So I don't think a drug mill is going to be in a position to give valuable evidence about um, anyone who's high level. And essentially, you know, the option is to to plead guilty. But if you do plead guilty in the Colombian justice system, you need to actually mean it. So you can't mm. say to the media, I'm innocent, but you know, I'll plead guilty in court. That does not go down well. The whole idea of pleading guilty is to admit that you admit you're wrong and actually do it, do so genuinely. And that can get taken into account for the sentencing. But you can't say, oh, I'm really innocent, but I'll just, I'll just plead guilty because, you know, you've kind of got me. Colombians really don't want this this case to be high profile. They're sick of being accused of, uh, you know, the world's, being the world's drug traffickers. In fact, we Westerners are the ones who consume cocaine. Colombians, most Colombians I've met have never seen cocaine. Mm-hmm. And they really have paid a very steep price in blood and torture and corruption in their country. Yeah, right. And so bad news stories like this just put yeah. Columbia on the, yeah, on the news radar Back for the wrong step. reasons. Yeah. yeah, well, Rusty Young, thank you so much for joining us. The new book is out now. You can check that out. And if you love Marching Powder, like my girlfriend, I was like, oh, do you mind if I? She's like, don't touch it. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's very popular in our household, so I'm guessing... So Columbiana yeah. is out in all good bookshops book, now. Yeah. Thanks, Rusty. I really appreciate it, mate. Thank you, Ryan and Tanya. Hit 104.7.